0: Hello and welcome to Voices of Blue Scope, the podcast where we go behind the scenes at Blue Scope to meet the people who create strength every day. I'm your host, Martin Feld. Thank you very much for tuning in to today's episode. For this episode, I'm joined by Stefano Dwyer, who is Health, Wellbeing and Innovation Manager at Blue Scope Australian Steel Products. She was recently recognised with the Safety Advocacy Award from the Women in Industry Awards, a fantastic achievement, and I wanted to welcome her on today to discuss her career, uh, some of the insights that she's gained in this role, and also to expand on this fantastic award. Thank you so much for joining us, Steph.
1: Thanks for having me, Martin. It's great to be here.
0: Now, to kick things off, uh, let's hear about your role. What does it mean to be Health, Wellbeing and Innovation Manager, and what got you into it?
1: great question uh, I try not to tell too many um, safety people this but I feel like I've got the best role in safety so don't 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 tell anyone else that um, sure. so I've been in the role probably for only about uh, just over a year to 18 months it's a brand new role in the business which is great for Australia and really reflecting the changing needs around um, focus on health and well-being uh, of our employees across Australia which is is fantastic I had been doing a bit of project work prior to that in the space as well. So, it was a really nice nice progression for me. And also, I get to work with our amazing team of nurses and hygienists that we're lucky to have in our Australian business. But I come from more of a, a traditional safety background for the last 20 years. Um, so, it's been a really kind of nice little change to, um, to my role, but I'm really enjoying it.
0: This topic of health and safety, it's very important in manufacturing in a steel industry such as ours. For people who might not be so aware of some of the risks or things that we have to deal with in an operational sense, what should people be looking out for? What do you deal with day to day?
1: So, our team in health and safety, uh, day in, day out, are really dealing with making sure the business stays focused and supporting people to build capacity around controls of some of our critical risks those critical risks can be things like uh, line of fire hazards from mobile equipment we have a lot of forklifts on most of our sites and they range in size from small forklifts to really really big pieces of equipment in our heavy manufacturing areas uh, so mobile equipment is is one um, and people interacting with that equipment obviously is the real risk so we've got controls in place to separate people and equipment. Along the line of fire theme, we've got overhead cranes uh, is a big risk in our business and cranes and other moving equipment. We move a lot of product on public roads, so uh, load restraint uh, is once again a big risk for our industry and how well um, we have controls in place that manage product before it leaves our sites on trucks around Australia. Some of the other risks, uh, we've got lots of manual tasks involved in the work we do, so sprains and sprain type injuries for people and repetitive injuries, something called process safety, which is really around probably more relevant to our, our manufacturing parts of the business around. you know, the process flow of chemicals and materials. Work at heights probably is the last one I might mention as well. You know, we've got lots of different kinds of environments our employees work in. The risk of falling from a height, whether that be getting on the back of a truck um, or doing work out and about in the the plan is really important. Probably the last thing I'll plug is the risk around mental health and wellbeing, you know, keeping our employees safe and healthy, just as important.
0: Absolutely, very important. And you brought up working at heights, which Correct me if I'm wrong. I think is actually this year's still Safety Day theme with World Steel, so it's a very big one.
1: Nice one, Martin. Yes, you've done your homework. It is the <laughs> theme. Uh, there's lots of great resources out at the moment around uh, from from World Steel around work at heights. Yep.
0: perfect. Ooh, that's my bit of research for the episode. I've got nothing else. <laughs> no, just kidding. Uh, you brought up mental well-being or fitness. That must be very hard in a way to actually track or monitor i mean with physical well-being you can see risks you can see hazards in an operating or uh, industrial environment and try to counteract them or preempt them what kinds of thing can you actually do for mental well-being uh, often we notice things after it's happened but how can you preempt or deal with it as you go along
1: Absolutely. Great question. And I think over the last couple of years in lots of businesses in Australia, there's been this increasing understanding of, okay, we can't touch and feel it, but we we increasingly understand that we've got some responsibilities to raise awareness and, and to do things, you know, that promote and support mental health in a practical sense things that organisations can be focusing on and some of the things that Blue Scope's been working on and, uh, you know, it's a a bit of a journey, we've still got a long way to go, is how can we raise awareness for mental health to build capability of employees and leaders to have conversations and as well to reduce stigma. So we have an employee assistance programme that we really try and, and promote with as many people as possible across the business and that includes a manager hotline for people to call if they need some advice on, you know, how to have a conversation with a colleague or an employee so that's that's really important, making sure people feel like they can have a conversation and it's okay not to be okay. Uh, there's been a really nice evolution in the last couple of years to focus on an EAP or Employee Assistance Program, not just being about some, something I call when I'm in a crisis, so when the wheels have fallen off, then I ask for help, but how can we get much more proactive in recognising the early warning signs in ourselves and others that maybe we're not quite ourselves, jump on the call on the phone and use a service like EAP you know, to to really get support early when we need it. And you know what's great about that is we also make that available to family members, which I think is wonderful that Blue Scope have committed to that in in the Australian business. So some of the other things we can be doing is thinking about uh, the organisational factors that help make a healthy workplace and I feel really lucky to work in Blue Scope. I know we try to do a lot of work around you know, how the communication is in teams, relationships between people, you know, that we try to have a workplace free of, um, you know, bullying and harassment. We talk a lot and try to to do a lot around diversity and inclusion. So people feeling um, like they come to a workplace that's healthy and supports their well-being, you know, they feel they can contribute, they feel they're, they're listened to, they feel included, you know, and the work design and what they're doing brings them a positive sense of mental wellbeing because we all know, and especially COVID I think has highlighted, we get a lot of reward, we get a lot of positive benefits out of coming into workplaces and working with people and achieving things.
0: You're totally right. Uh, Blue Scope has a fantastic commitment, not just to helping its employees, but also offering things like that program that you mentioned to family members. It's great to ensure that the company is actually supporting its communities and the places in which it operates. Some questions about you more personally now, if that's okay. What was it that sparked your interest in health, safety, and well-being as a career? Do you remember back when you started?
1: Yeah, I originally uh, did a degree in um, employment relations, so I was always going to go more into an, a human resources type of role. I worked in that while I was at uni, and just by chance ended up in a safety role with Nestlé. And I always laugh that I worked at the Milo factory where the pipes would leak chocolate. Uh, as opposed to chemicals or anything like that. It was like being in Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory, really.
0: We should have that installed at Blue Scope, frankly. I, I wouldn't mind that. <laughs> yeah.
1: And I just found it really rewarding because I got to have great conversations out on the floor with people, got to really be part of some great projects to make improvements. So I went back and did some further studies. I did my master's in oh and and then, yeah, came to Blue Scope not long after that. Yeah, I really love the conversations, I love the projects you get to get involved with and more recently, I find the health and wellbeing role really rewarding because I feel a little bit like I I work halfway between HR and safety as far as lots of people I talk to day in, day out and have some really great conversations with lots of leaders around, you know, we've either got some team members we we might be concerned about or we want to do some more in this space, what can we be doing and just having a good conversation around risk factors in the team and different support options we can connect them into.
0: Perfect. Thank you for sharing that story. And like you just said, then you spend half of your life or half of your role split between HR and safety. I know that when I've seen you uh, in person on Blue Scope sites, I will see you sometimes dressed in high-vis or more corporate clothing. What's that like to be able to switch between those two working environments? Does that keep it interesting, keep you on your toes?
1: Uh, I don't like too much repetition, so it keeps it really interesting for me. I really like doing something a bit different every day. I think that's great and I think it keeps it real too. Sometimes it's tough, especially working from home during COVID, being in a safety role, to say, well, the people and the safety of the people, processes to keep them safe are our focus, yet we haven't been able to get out and about and, and talk to the people that do the work. So I think that's, that's really important, yeah, to be able to put the high vis on and, and get out and about in the business. I probably find that the most rewarding than sitting at a desk
0: How does it feel essentially to be a role model for health and safety? Because to be fair, you, like all of us, you're only human. You know, you have your own concerns. You have to look out for your own health and mental well-being. Do you feel a certain pressure?
1: That's a really great question. I have to say no. That's good. I don't feel pressure. And I know I've been fortunate enough through my role in the past few years to have been involved in some amazing programs. We did some work with the Deb Keep program, who some people have heard of around mindset and team behaviors and a lot in the mental health mindfulness space in the past couple of years. I hear a lot about things like locus of control around worrying about the things that you can control and letting go of the things that you can't. And I think that's all really helped me, actually, because I just, I, I kind of think, well, I'm doing my best. I'm having a crack. I'm trying to behave in a way that hopefully reflects well on myself and on Blue Scope. And we are all only human. So I think it's just as important to show that you're not perfect. You know, you're not the person that's, I don't know, meditated for an hour every day and, and been to the gym just because you're in the health and wellbeing role. So I think just to be as human as everyone else.
0: That's good. You have to remain uh, relatable and approachable. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so, shifting to your award, and again, congratulations, can you explain what this award means and for what you were recognised? How did it feel?
1: Uh totally surprised to actually win which was super exciting and it was a very fancy awards dinner which which made it very exciting so I was actually really thrilled but we don't often stop as humans and reflect on where we've come from and how much we've achieved and i think in particular at blue scope i think there's so many really high performers who really care about the work they do, that we can just kind of see the next thing that comes up that we need to do or the next improvement we need to make. It's just been a really nice moment actually to stop and look back and go, oh, I think we've achieved a lot as a business in the past couple of years. And probably a big moment for um, for me that I reflect on was a few years ago, we held a um, an Australia-wide safety conference in Port Kembla, some of the people who, were attend- who attended that listening might remember the chilly day that we all um, kind of shook in our boots because it was the middle of winter. And I believe it was Peter Renkin, um, our general manager for BBC, got up that day and for the first time, to my knowledge, had acknowledged and spoken about mental health across the business. And I was kind of like, wow, this is amazing. Look, we've talked about mental health. And now I think about how commonplace it is for us to talk about that in all sorts of forums and commonplace for general managers to be talking about that. And I think that's a really nice reflection of how far we've come. We've got a long way to go, but that we've had a really good crack at building some pull on the topic, raising awareness, not making it a tick box activity in terms of mandating what people had to go out and do, but just trying to keep it risk-based, relevant, and something that people want to buy into and, and want to attend if there's sessions. Or even at the very least, if it's not something that's relevant to them at that point in time, you know, I firmly believe if you've you've heard it there, maybe you didn't really reflect on it at the time or attend the session, but one day maybe something happens and you realise that you really need to draw on some of that, but you know where to find it. You go, hey, I've heard it. I didn't use it at the time, but now I know who to call or where to go, because it really could do with some support right now.
0: Just that point of the conversation becoming more common. Hopefully, this is another useful example of that. People hopefully discover this and go, oh, you know, maybe I haven't considered this enough, or I should share things if things aren't okay, or if I see something that isn't entirely safe, whatever the issue may be. On that topic of Women in Industry Awards, uh, can you speak briefly about what it means to be a woman in industry? And I know we're talking specifically about steelmaking, but just uh, what that means to you.
1: I feel really proud. I feel like it's a bit of a no-brainer. It's mm-hmm. funny and I'm I'm speaking purely from my view, which I know is not everyone's experience, but ever since I joined Blue Scope, I have felt heard. I haven't felt like being a female changed any of the opportunities I received. I think a few really interesting turning points for me being at Blue Scope was when I had my first child 12 years ago now and I was returning from maternity leave, a role that I'd applied for on maternity leave was kept open for me, you know, which was – fantastic. You know, they didn't fill the role. They waited because they'd found who they felt was the right person for the job. I think that was probably a big moment for me. And also when I came back, my manager at the time said, look, you know, I have children I can I can pretend I understand, but I'm not a female and I don't so connected me up with a mentor when I returned to work around what it was like to kind of juggle work and family responsibilities like most parents do these days, but I guess just really appreciated that he wasn't going to pretend what that was like for a female. So, there's probably just two things that stick with me.
0: I know that there will probably be some women listening who might not have joined the industry or might be thinking about applying for a role. And, you know, there is that kind of mental barrier, you know, for men and women are like, oh, maybe this won't be for me or I don't have experience in this. So, if it does um, affect someone or push them to apply for something that they might not have thought was possible before, then that's fantastic. There's one thing that I want to tease out from your title, which I haven't asked you about yet, and that's that word innovation, health, safety, well-being. We understand these things, but innovation in health and safety. What are some of the exciting things that are happening now that you see on the horizon with how, for how we deal with these topics?
1: I love that you've asked me that because not many people actually ask about what the innovation piece means. When I went into the health and wellbeing role, I said to my manager, "Oh, I've been doing some really cool stuff in safety innovation. Can I kind of keep doing that?" So agreed to. To continue with some of the work that had been happening. Credit to Blue Scope uh, quite a few years ago in the Australian business. Mark Vassella, you know, the now head of our business, was in the Australian business at the time and he challenged the Australian business and said, What's our safety legacy? Are we going to leave safety in a better position than, you know, when we picked it up as leaders in this business? And that's really stuck with me. The Australian business went out and did a whole heap of looking into what's the latest thinking, you know, what are people talking about in the industry, what's going on in safety. We which was fascinating. We brought some some different programs in and our aim at the time was to have some new tools in the toolkit. So we we brought in some programs around um, team-based conversations, toolbox-style conversations within the team that were focused on, um, you know, my mindset and how my mindset might impact my other team member and how we can can work as a team to keep each other safe. That was fantastic. Uh, And then where that's led in the last couple of years has been um, what some people will know of as HSE Evolution, which is bringing in, um, continuing to learn, bringing in new learnings around what we're learning more broadly in the industry and working out how we can blend or incorporate those with our current approaches. And I really love that Blue Scope's committed to be a learning organisation in this space because you can you can fall behind because you think, hey, what we did 20 years ago is still going to serve us into the future. I think Blue Scope's got an amazing safety history as far as the wonderful improvements that have been made over the years and the many, many lives that have been protected as a result of all the work that's been done but we just need to keep learning. So, yeah, there's been some, um, some a project called HSC Evolution. We've been learning across the business about a concept called human and organisational performance. Uh, now, that's not a, a thing we suddenly apply 100% across BlueScope. It is a bit of a lens that we can bring to our current approaches and just really sit back and say, hey, are we really consulting? Are we really listening and engaging with our people who do the work what causes us to find out exactly how a job is done at 3am or exactly how an incident occurred and how can we strive to have a workplace that people feel comfortable, the psychological safety aspect of speaking up if there is an incident or something they're concerned about and that they feel supported and empowered to go and do something about that. So uh, yeah, lots of fascinating learnings, pretty cool stuff to be involved in. At the moment, I'm working on um a safety leadership program that refreshes um, some of the older material we have and incorporates some of the new learnings we've been taking. I think that's pretty exciting. Looking forward to that.
0: You sound very busy.
1: It's fun. <laughs>
0: <laughs> as long as you're looking after your own well-being in the process, absolutely, that's all. absolutely, very, very busy. <laughs> and with all the things that you do, is there something that you're particularly proud of?
1: Just thinking about the evolution of talking more about people's health and well-being in the workplace, and I mentioned, I think, I feel really proud of all the great work Blue Scope has embraced. Just reflecting on the process to do that, when we first pulled together a bit of a strategy around health and well-being, it really stressed me because as I read more and researched more and spoke to more people, I realised how Interconnected health and well being was with, you know, how people feel about coming to work and and the work they do and communication and um, inclusivity and all those kind of great things. And that Blue Scope do a lot of work in that space. So, how do you write a, a strategy that covers all of that? Something I'm proud of is that we didn't wait for the perfect strategy and wait for the perfect sign off from a senior leader level. We went out to the business. And we got champions and we empowered the champions and we said, hey, just start talking about this, let's connect that project you're doing here with this piece of work this person's doing there and feel supported to go and have conversations in your teams about health and well-being so really trying to create that pull on the topic and not trying to push it down as well now that's on the plan and you will have to go and make this box green and hopefully I mean I'm only sitting in my view from the conversations I have so I know I have I bring certain biases to where I think things are at but hopefully that's worked and people feel like it's a topic that they can get their heads around from a, a workplace context and that they feel empowered to to go and do things and have conversations.
0: So I think that's a great point to stop. Thank you so much for taking the time to have this discussion. Congratulations again on your Safety Advocacy Award. We appreciate your time to join Voices of Blue Scope today.
1: Thanks, Martin. And um, to everyone who's an advocate for health and wellbeing in particular, keep up the good work. Um, you know, it all makes a difference. So keep keep on with it.
0: Perfect. And for everyone listening, thank you for joining today's episode. Uh, If you'd like to learn more about any of the things that Steph has discussed with us, you can visit the links and show notes in your podcast player of choice or in the web browser if you're listening there. Uh, Make sure also to visit bluescope.com, follow at bluescope on Twitter, or even see bluescope on LinkedIn. Thanks for joining in. We'll catch you next time.